So this is episode 25 of Untidy Radio and we are celebrating 25 years of Tidy. So I thought who better to get on the show than my friends, Hard House Legends, Andy and Ammo, aka the Tidy Boys. How are you lads? Go on. Uh, no, you go first. No, you go, go first. I, I mean, thought you always went first. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we're fine, Sam. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very, very good. Um, so I wanted to get you on and just pick your brains about Untidy. You obviously are the originators of the label. You were there right at the birth of it. wanted to get a little bit of a potted history, some highlights, and what mm. your thoughts are on the music and the sound. So the inspiration for the Untidy dubs, the original Untidy sound, where did it all start? Well, I think I'll kick that off because Andy's memory is quite poor at the moment. It is, <laughs> yes. Hey. Age. It's to do with age. Um, yeah, what happened was we were doing okay with Tidy and we, uh, 97, 98 was the, the golden years of us sort of being discovered. Um, although we were doing well at Hard House and trade and things were looking good, we had, a, we had an employee who was label manager at the time called Simon Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, who went on to be Lost Witness, uh, the big, uh, the fairly big um, <laughs> trance act. Uh, and Simon uh, came in one day and said, look, we need to broaden the sound a bit. Everybody's loving the label, you're doing well, but we want to get people like Jules and uh, some of the other DJs on radio playing it, so let's slow it down. Um, me and Paul James were already, and Andy, were already fans of the Sharp Boys and uh, also the Clubheads. Uh, and the Clubheads were given in, um, I think, in a nutshell, if you if you merge the Clubheads with the Sharp Boys, you probably got Untidy Dubs. Although it was it was a happy accident, I think, when we went in the studio. This is Untidy Radio.
that was our inspiration. The club heads, sharp boys, obviously a bit slower. Instead of the 140s, 150s, we were going right down to the mm. 132, 134, 136. BPM. Yeah, and although we were playing hard house, hard trance, a lot of our passion came from that slower sound. The sharp boys was were a massive inspiration. Bernie Hurst engineering, so we couldn't really play out as much as we'd like, and so we needed that, that other avenue. So the the sound emerged from our passion for the club heads and the sharp boys and also hard house as it always is it, it is house music so I think it was starting to get carried away with itself you know we were, everything was going a bit faster DJs were pitching things up and I think it was a, um, a little lesson to say you know let's not forget where it comes from I mean Tony DeVee would start a set around about 1.30 1.32 and back in the day he used to play for 3-4 hours and build it up to 1.50 so everybody assumes that Tony was playing I already at 1.50 when he start the set with some nice vocal house and and you know the sharp sound and the club heads were were what we all started with and the night started with that sound yeah i mean if you listen back to some of the uh, you know the legendary tony de v mixes they always do start off with that sharp boys grooving kind of stuff and you know you, yeah. you made a very relevant point there it's harder house music uh, yeah of course is, you know still still relevant today so and look at trade i mean trade you start at four in the morning and you've got malcolm duffy and uh, alan thompson and steve thomas all playing around about 130, 128. So it was only when sort of Ian M and uh, Tony DeVee and Pete Warman came on did it go to the dizzy heights of 140, 150. So most of Trade's sound in the early morning was that groove.
What was the first untidy record that you guys ever produced or that got ever got made as an untidy dub? Well, once Simon Paul had said, go in the studio and make something, I think me and Paul James, obviously Andy was always busy because he's a businessman and was probably locked in the office uh, working out a structure. Whereas um, I nipped into the studio and so did Paul James, separate studios. He went and done one and I did. And I, I did the first one, which was called uh, Get Up and Jam. Um, and we didn't know where to where to go with it it was an experiment and, and if you listen to Get Up and Jam which is on the first EP it's not really the sound you'd associate with Untidy and Untidy Dubs mm. uh, because what happened is when Paul came around my house and said I've finished mine he played Getting Hot and that was a the bass line was much more like the um, sort of uh, Dutch sound and, and, and offbeat and uh, straight away I said that's what the, they should be like so I went and, and made another one and Paul uh, and then we were one short and I said Paul you've got to do another one like Getting Hot and I remember that the deadline was quite tight and he said oh well, I'll knit back and then within two and a half hours he'd made Funky Groove literally kept getting up hot up on the desk and literally two and a half hours came out with Funky Groove and when he played me that I said that's the A-side, that's the main, we've got to leave with that, I think, that's the big one. And it went on to be the big one and probably shape the sound of the untidy grooves.
Groove was made in two and a half hours. Yes, yes. I mean, that's just a, a bit of a an inspiration for any producers out there who are listening to show that you can make such an iconic record in such a short space of time. It doesn't need to be a long, drawn-out process. Sometimes it just happens. I it, mean, two it, and a half it, hours is impressive, really. It, it is impressive, although Paul uh, will argue that he'd done a lot of the groundwork on doing Getting Hot. So, you know, yeah. it, 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 the basis was there, uh, and he probably wouldn't have done it in two and a half hours without doing Getting Hot first, which... Uh, so, yeah, but you can... Look, look I, I believe Access by DJ Misha was done in two hours as well. Wow. Inspirational. I think, I think sometimes less is more, and the untidy sound was yeah. about that. It was. It's very difficult sometimes to get that pure sound and just have three or four or five sounds rocking a dance floor, and yeah. that's what the untidy sound was about. So you can overproduce things, and I think the untidy sound was evidence that you could really make it work if you kept it simple. I think that comes across actually in the recent rework that we just had, had done off Funky Groove by Sawley. You know, he's, he's kind of almost kept the original vibe of that and the original ethos of. Very very minimal sounds, just a few things, but doing those few things sounding good and doing it well. Are you fans of the reworks? Are you, are you You're loving it, absolutely love it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. It's, it's kept uh, the feel of the original. It's not... Uh... It's not sort of bastardised, is it? And I think what's happened is it, it's, it's got that same flavour. This is Untidy Radio. says minimal was the the project i remember me and paul discussing once who could make a track with the least amount of sounds uh, and i think he won he did one track a remix for positiva i think paul james did uh, and it only had six sounds in it all the way through and uh, it was one of his best works it was really good which remix was that uh, i'll dig it out for you i think it was a versus b ripped in two minutes yes Thank you. 
So obviously off the back of the success of the Untidy Dubs, the sound was almost formed, you know, that stripped back kind of funking grooving that we've just mm. discussed there. Started starting to develop different sounds and different angles, and one of those was the Colours EP, which obviously you two were quite heavily involved with. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I'll lead. Um, <laughs> um, what, what it was is, and I think you probably not mentioned this, um, Untidy Dubs, or the Untidy label, was a consortium of producers. A lot of yes. people believe it was just Paul James, but it was Paul James in one studio, me and Andy in another, there was Guy Garrett, Paul Chambers, and obviously later there was Paul Maddox and yourself. So it, it was a, a team, and that's why it was a faceless team. And I remember when me and Andy first started DJing, with Paul James as well, we were the Untidy Untidy DJs. So a lot of people don't realise that. I think for about six months we were the Untidy DJs, weren't we? Did we actually play with Paul James? I can't remember. We did once in Doncaster at uh, Camelot's. We did one set. But what happened is when there's three DJs playing and you've only got an hour, uh, just turned up and playing one and a half records, it it was a bit awkward. So, (laughs) so yeah, we, we, we... the reason some of the sounds were different, uh, Sam, was because we were in one studio doing maybe uh, a West Bam remix and, and Paul was doing a A versus B in another studio and Guy Garrett was doing Sarah Parker and Paul Chambers was doing a disco dub. So you, you had some varied sounds on the label. And obviously this sound went massive. You were remixing everyone and everything. You know, as you just mentioned there, you were remixing Donna Summer, Sarah Parker, the Paul James stuff on Positiva, Westbound, you know. Even Erasure. I think the last remix that Paul did was an Erasure one. And we were getting good money for it. You know, at the end of the day, it was, it, it boomed. I think we had like about six months of remixing everything that moved. Everybody wanted, and it was when, when vinyl was around, everybody wanted the second disc, third mix to be an untidy yeah. dub. Which, which was your favourite? one that you did um, I think Joe and Lisa was probably my favourite um, it, it's just again it's got that minimal sound that quirky little vocal and when it when it kicks it just kicks it does kick that record yeah I think Joe and Lisa and Martha Wash uh, Martha Wash yeah I, you know you've got the sort of encyclopedia head of Tidy yeah. and I, I'm actually enjoying listening to you remembering what we did dressing as a woman and the woman is dressing as a man the guy is dressing as a woman and the woman is dressing as a man. The guy is dressing as a woman. And the woman is dressing as a man. The guy is dressing as a woman. And the woman is dressing as a man. Oh gosh.
Lisa. I think the Rimshot remix as well, it was on our own label, got a lot of um, credibility in the West Band. But yeah, I mean, Paul did the majority and, um, you know, we, we did the ones that he didn't want to do or he was too busy. And like I said, when there's three, say three producers working on remixes, you'd get three remixes out a week. That's why there was a lot in a short period of time. However, we did burn out and I think we all agreed that we couldn't Surely there was only so many bass lines and uh, things yeah. you could do with it, I think. And that's the reason why we came to a decision to stop at the peak. I think we're at the highest demand. Uh, I think five grand for uh, doing the Erasure remix. And, uh, wow. and uh, at that point, I think we, me, Paul and Andy decided, because we were doing other stuff as well. Don't forget, we were the Handbaggers Hyperlogic, Paul's UK Gold. So we were doing, we were doing the producing the Tidy Girls. We were doing a lot of work. So we decided, I think it was just that thought of going in again and doing that bass line with that kick. Yeah. And we'd done so many, we burnt out. And so the fourth EP was called uh, R.I.P. And if you look at the small print on there, it says last in the present series. So it was the end, but we left it open. Untidy Radio. That was the the end of the untidy dub sound. However, the untidy label obviously carried on from there. That was back in 1999, I believe you produced. Yeah, that that's well. right. And you mentioned the colours there, which yeah. uh, we sort of went off track and didn't mention. <laughs> um, the colours weren't really the untidy. A lot of people believe it was the untidy dubs or it was the untidy DJs. The colours was just uh, colours with no producer, unless you looked at the small print. But again, it was. Um, Paul Chambers, Paul James, me and Andy, and um, and it was just a bit of a fun project. We just did one EP, red, uh, blue, green, uh, and yellow, and uh, they they went down really well. We did we did the. Um, I think it was a real. Uh, Paul James did yellow. I'm going to remember this. Go on, test me. Out. Paul James did yellow. All three of us, Paul, me, and Andy, did red. I did green on my own, and me and Andy did blue. 
So that was a mixture wow. of producers. There you go. And Blues actually sampled a little bit of Signal. Oh, it did. Yeah, that was a. I remember we were in Meadham in France, and uh, we, we were out having a meal with Signal, and he got his headphones, and I, I for some reason I got him to listen to Blue. Really proud of it, and I said, "Listen to Blue," and he and he looked at me and said, "You've just sampled me track." And I said, "Yeah," and I was waiting for him to laugh and smile, and he just turned away <laughs> in, in disgust. But we we signed Signum, so we got the rights to it. So I thought we could get away with it. So yeah, if you listen to Blue, it's cut up of, of Signum. Orange, a lot of people like, which was on the second disc of uh, the second Colors EP. You had purple, orange, and was it white? I think it was white. Yeah, Paul Chambers did white, which is a funked up disco thing. And Paul James went weird. With yeah, purple's actually one of my favourites because it's deep and dark. Yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah, good I like now. Purple. I like purple. At the yeah, time, nobody it. touch it. Yeah. yeah, I think orange was the breakthrough track, wasn't it? Yeah. Which I believe you've sampled some recently. I, I, I might have done, yeah. Yeah, yes, I, believe yes. I, I believe I have. I think I've actually sampled another one of your tracks uh, Scooper and Sticks Scooper and Sticks I forget yeah, about Sticks Scooper and Sticks well that was on yeah. the tidy as well yeah. it was yeah I, I, I did sample that for Fractal on a, for a track called Disco Missile so. that's alright Sam so, okay. don't, don't be yeah, apologetic I know I know I'm sorry, okay. I'm sorry it was just so good I had to uh, I had to pay homage yeah so we love Orange I think uh, looking back it was I'll tell you what the good thing about doing colours Sam um, um we're going to do some more is you can go in the studio with a clear head and there's no remit and the remit was do what you want be experimental yeah. and, uh, and that was better than doing an untidy dub because when you did an untidy dub for like you said for Donna Summer or Erasure you had to conform because they wanted the sound that you'd done yeah. before yeah. so even that's what it was frustrating as a producer because every you know as a producer you want to do something different every time but when people are saying no do the same do the same do the same and that's why when the Colours EP came along we all went and said Right, let's do what we want.
Obviously the untidy dub sound kind of gets phased out but then the label returns and starts going down more a house route and a disco route with disco dubs. Mm. Um, you released quite a lot of house records in the early 2000s that crossed over with people like Roger Sanchez and some, some of the American. Was that a conscious decision to make the label more house focused or did it just naturally go that way? I think Andy's, we're both housey, but I think Andy's a little bit more housey than me, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think if I had my time again, um, I would be playing house music. Yeah. I'm envious of you, Sam, I'll be honest with oh, you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a natural progression. We'd, um, as I must said, the untidy sound as it was had sort of come to a, a natural end, but we still had the passion for the music. So yeah, it was a natural progression with the untidy label just to take it down that house route. And add to that, we loved going in the second room at Sunday Central and you got Kiss the Funk. And, yeah. And, and even Tidy, when we did you know, our events, we were having funkier disco rooms in the, the second room. And I think when we'd play the set, we would always go into the, the second room and, and listen to house. And look at the weekenders, you know, the Queen Vic house sessions. So yeah. we wanted to, to make music and put music on the label that if you could go into three rooms, a trance room, a hard house room, and a funky house room, and you could hear three Tidy tracks or Untidy tracks at the same time. That was the goal with the three labels.
The sound of Untidy Now is obviously taking inspiration from all of everything we've just spoken about, you know, the original Untidy dub sound, the housier sounds of the label in a little bit of later life, and it's kind of bringing it all together. What do you both think the allure of this type of harder house music is? How has it stood the test of time? Because obviously we're talking about from back in 1995 when this is first started, mm. and we're here in 2021, it's been 20, well, 26 years now. How is it still sounding so fresh and relevant? What's, what's, what's the allure? Um, I think it's accessible. If you go back to when dance music was emerging, a track had to have some good elements and it had to make you want to dance. And I think Hard House got a little bit too fast. But when you listen now to the current sounds, you can hear the influences of Hard House. But where it's pitched speed-wise, it's accessible. So I think it's just universal. It's just got that edge to it. And I just think it, it just really works across so many levels. My kids are listening to it, I'm listening to it, whereas Hard House became just a little bit too, probably too fast for yeah. people. Yeah, Hard House was always, like I've been quoted saying, the punk rock, it didn't want to conform, and it got too... F- I mean, we're to blame. Tidy Boys would, would play fast. You know, here Ooh, we are nice. sort of like saying we love the slower grooves, but w- unfortunately we found ourselves in a trap, so people would expect us to play stimulated DJs Hoover Time and Heaven's Cry at 145. So it was frustrating for us because um, we always say uh, uh, me particularly I love playing early on I'm envious of the warm up DJ when we used to play I remember one of those famous sets we played at Storm we played for four hours we started before the bar staff had come in and we started at 1.30 and I really enjoyed building the night up so inside of us we love playing those early sets and we're very jealous of the so called warm up DJ but we play at peak time so we have to crank it up everybody's ready for a party but I think the good sound um, the good sound no, I like it. Keep going. Yeah, I think the good sound of today. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think what what Andy's tried to put across is that it's accessible. Uh, people like dancing slower for some reason, and uh, I think the reason that the untidy dubs have come back round is because it fits in with current techno, deep house. It's got all those flavours, isn't it? So if you are into techno and deep house, we're only two steps away to the left. And I, I, what I want to do is for those people into that sound to step to the left rather than us step to the right. I think we've got to be careful as a label that we don't just end up as a house label and, and conform. I think we want people to come over to us because, Sam, like your current stuff, it's inspired by the old sound, but it's still got the energy, it's still got that flavour and feel. And, and, like, and like I said, I'm a bit scared. I don't want to go too housey. I want to retain our sharp boy trade hard house feel but it, it can be at 130 128 132 uh, I think fundamentally though a track needs a plot mm. and so what we have is we have the outlet through Untidy we've got uh, Tidy 2 and we've got Tidy Tracks but fundamentally whether you are making an Untidy track or a hard house track you've got to have a plot and I think that's the beauty of what we do at Tidy you can't just go and make music by numbers you've got to have elements to it so even though it's minimal it's got to have something about it that just attracts your attention so I think that's fundamental to what we're about you're right it's got to have a plot and I think probably my frustration with some of the house and some of the techno um, I love the groove but then I wait for the plot and then 
somebody tell you look at me and say, oh, by the way, that's it. There is no plot. But I think Untidy's got this because it's got this hard house heritage. It has to have something in the middle to something to grab you. You know, there's 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 something worth waiting for in a hard a, a hard house. Track. I agree, and I think that's the allure of it as well because I do think that the the house and techno and, and tech house world is, gets a little bit stale and a little bit too cool for school. And I think people are wanting that extra little bit of energy and just something that they can really lose the shit to basically you know that that thing that's going to inspire the headinism and, and, and mm. bring a little bit of fun back to clubs because you know there are a lot of same old same old just boring DJ sets and boring music yeah, around totally. so you know that's that's where the alert and we're getting the vibe through the, the industry that that's the that's the way it's going yeah people want it a slightly harder a bit more fun and something with a plot so who knows this could be the uh, the year You know, things are certainly looking good. You know, the uh, the amount of music that we're getting sent from a lot of new producers, uh, the fact that there's a lot of interest in Untidy. Untidy's taking over the main room on the Saturday night at the Tidy Weekender on the uh, 10th of July. Get your tickets, go to tidy25.com. You can still get your day passes there. We're looking at standalone Untidy events later on in the year. And, you know, as I mentioned just then, we've got so much new music getting sent. I think our release schedule now is booked up until September. Is there anything that's forthcoming that you guys are getting excited about on the label well there's quite a lot you mentioned that we've got tidy two, untidy and tidy i mean looking at the release schedule we're getting quite a lot of tidy two hard trance coming through and we're getting some great untidy sounds not much in the hard house it seems like a lot of the hard house producers want to produce something for untidy yes. that that seems yep. to be the and so people like bk um and, and all and paul maddox and all that they're all warming to the the slower untidy sound so so there's tons of stuff coming up, Sam, um, from other producers. But what we talked about earlier, the colours, that's the next thing we're going to be working on, a new colours EP. The hardest thing about that is not doing the tracks, it's trying to think of some new colours. <laughs> but um, like you've been producing and we're all going back in the studio, the one that you've just done excites me because that really does capture everything untidy. Untidy. And it's... Um, you, you, I saw on the little sheet you called it brown. I had called it brown, so I couldn't think of another colour that we haven't used. We are, yeah, we haven't used brown. In fact, we were going to do a brown EP, yeah. but I we had used brown. Oh, no, we, we haven't used brown. It's uh, and we use beige. We use cream, cream. That was something. Coffee cream and crimson. Yeah. But we haven't used brown. Why so, do you go indigo, violet? You know, they're a bit better than brown. Nice. Yeah. 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 But shall we? The working title. <laughs> the working title is brown. But uh, yeah, listen to this. I think yeah, I think you've really captured the old and the new in this uh, colours EP. Untidy. The music. 
wrapping things up now but one thing that we haven't touched on well we touched about earlier with the Sawley remix of Funky Groove but one of the most exciting projects that we're working on at Untidy and this is thanks to Lee Haslam bringing his world of tech house in he's getting some of the the biggest names in dance music reworking their favourite Tidy and Untidy records for the dance laws of today obviously Tidy's been around for 25 years now and it's had such an impact across dance music culture we do forget sometimes that some of the the contemporary artists kind of grew up with this label and it's influenced them and We've got some of the, the key names paying homage to uh, to their mm. favourite tracks. Is there anything in the pipeline on that project that's uh, that's uh, tickling your uh, fancy? Well, there is some, absolutely. And, and as we mentioned earlier, a track needs a plot. Uh, but if you're taking some of the classic tidy tracks and revisiting them, there's a danger of getting it wrong. But Sam Devine's remixed Looking Good by Lisa Lashes, yeah. and I think it just it retains all the magic of the original, but wow, it sounds so fresh. So for me, that's a big one. I was really worried about it because I thought it's such an iconic track. Yeah. What do you do with it? It's like remixing The Dawn or Heaven's Cry sometimes, and Looking Good falls into that. What the hell do you do with it? But I think Sam's absolutely captured the spirit of the original and made it accessible to a lot more people and yeah that's one of my favourite of the UX uh, remixes that come through I just absolutely love it and and obviously we were sort of co-writers on it so we were all, always a bit worried and, and cautious that either Lisa or us would it, it wasn't going to deliver but it does deliver and like I said it's, it's our favourite at the moment
time for lads thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me I'll have to get you on for a guest mix at some point because I know we've chatted through and played some mm. of your favourite music but I'll actually get you on the ones and twos for a guest mix in there I'd like to do that show. Sam I'd like to you know do an untidy mix some of this I, I, really think, I think it's our first step into taking over this radio show so, I think think so coming, yeah. coming through the back door and uh, getting in there like the old days get us booked in Sam we'll do that for you yeah there you go tidy boys take over well thanks lads it's been a pleasure and I will speak to you soon cheers thank Sam you. untidy radio that is all we have time for on this week's show. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to this Tidy Boys special. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Search Untidy Tracks and search for me at DJ Sam Townend. Go to tidytracks.co.uk for all things tidy. And we should be back at the same time, same place. Until then, take care. This is Untidy Radio.
Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy Radio. Untidy